Yeah, I was saying earlier, I don't know if it's a second debut a thing. I don't know, is that, is that a contradiction in terms or, or does that actually work? Is, is, it, is a second debut uh, a correct term to use? But either way, it was the first game of his second spell at uh, Manchester United for Cristiano Ronaldo today. And what a debut it was. They ended up winning 4-1 today, uh, Manchester United against uh, Newcastle at Old, Old Trafford. Uh, Ronaldo making his debut. He started the game. He scored uh, kind of a, just a tapping really towards the end of the first half and then got a lovely goal in the second half and his um, his compatriot Portuguese uh, fellow Portuguese man Bruno Fernandes did not want to be upstage one bit at all today because uh, he had to get in on the act as well and he scored an absolute peach of a goal a beauty of a goal for Manchester United in the second half as well and then Jesse Lingard wrapped it up for Man United so I think the Premier League today was all about Ronaldo and all about Manchester United and we'll get you a report from Old Trafford in just a second first of all I just want to give you the latest score and another big game that's taking place in a different code right now it is of course the All-Ireland football final it is Mayo up against Tyrone um, uh, for the All-Ireland final title the Sam Maguire is on the line Mayo for Sam can they do it they've been trying for so long since 1951 can they do it well do you know what they might it's pretty close but uh, Tyrone are leading at the moment it's eight po- or t- 10 points to 8 in Tyrone's favour at the moment there at Crow Park so we'll keep you bang up to date on uh, the latest score there from Crow Park as that game progresses as well and um, we're going to head now to the Premier League as we said and we will start with that game obviously and it's what everybody was talking about all week and today was Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo's return to Manchester United his return to Old Trafford Uh, the King was back although they can call him the King because Eric Cantona is the King of Manchester United isn't he but uh, whatever maybe he's the Prince or something but either way he is a United legend he was back and he did it in style today United beating Newcastle 4-1 Ronaldo on the score sheet twice and Darren Stanich was at Old Trafford for us today Manchester United 4 Newcastle 1 so two goals on his Old Trafford return for Cristiano Ronaldo helps United for three points the first game on the stroke of half time Woodman spilled Greenwood shot for a tap in after the break Newcastle leveled through Manquillo before Shaw played Ronaldo through for his second United goal Fernandez made sure of the points with an effort from outside the box into the top corner for the third and then sub Lingard finishing off a great injury time move for the fourth Manchester United 4 Newcastle 1 absolutely incredible and uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer absolutely couldn't stop singing uh, Ronaldo's praises after and he said that Ronaldo showed just why he's been crowned World Player of the Year five times and what a superstar he is. He's uh, developed into a fantastic goal scorer, sensing the big moments, knowing where to, where to be, positioning himself in the box, playing very, a very good game. Like He drops in, links to play well, uh, but he gets in the box when he has to. Uh, there's Solskjaer singing the praises of Cristiano Ronaldo today and you could hear the Manchester United faithful in the Stretford end behind Solskjaer there um, well after the game singing the praises of Ronaldo and chanting his name they absolutely love him and uh, with good reason uh, what a debut today getting two goals and you'd imagine he'd continue where he left off for the rest of the season and uh, continue to bang in the goals he was he was immense today and he'll continue to be immense for Manchester United and he could have Man United right in the title race in fact I think he will have Manchester United right in the title race uh, uh, this season but uh, another team who will be right in the title race um, of course are their cross city rivals Manchester City and uh, they had a big game today and a, and a tough game today they were away at the King Power Stadium against Leicester City in the Premier League today for Man City but uh, it was a good result for them in the end Derek Clark was there 
Time, Leicester City nil. Manchester City won and Bernardo Silva strike settles this hard-fought contest. The goal came in the 62nd minute. The Portuguese was quickest to react after Schmeichel had parried a Concello effort. The Foxes did have the ball in the back of the net before when Jimmy Vardy rounded Ederson before stroking home, but he was then flagged for offside. And Lukman also had a chance to equalise when one-on-one with Ederson, but the Brazilian stopper was up to the task to ensure City leave with all three points. It's finished Leicester nil. Man City won. So City had scored five goals in both of their previous Premier League outings before today's game, but today it was just one goal. They'll take that. It was a tough game against Leicester, a very, very good side under Brendan Rodgers. They were right up there battling for the top four until the end of last season as well. But uh, the champions march on Manchester City and they get a 1-0 win today at the King Power Stadium. Um, And it's going to be a right battle in the Premier League, isn't it? Because Man City are going to be up there. United are definitely going to be up there now with Ronaldo. You're going to have Chelsea up there. Uh, You're going to have Liverpool up there, obviously. One team who probably might might not be up there but you'd never know they had a good start to the season but things kind of started to fall apart for them today because they had a, a, a heavy loss today in the early kickoff. really uh, Tottenham beaten 3-0 by Crystal Palace and a bad result for uh, Spurs there at Sellers Park Guy Swindles was there watching Crystal Palace 3 Spurs 0 in fairness Spurs, Palace were the better team when Spurs had 10 men but once uh, Tanganga was sent off for a second yellow they ran riot first there was a penalty tuck toned by the outstanding Wilfred Zahar and then we had a substitution that changed everything as on for his debut Kate Onsen Edward he scored with his first touch set up by that man Zahar and then added a second on his debut set up by another substitute Alisi wonderful for Palace Spurs unbeaten record goes Crystal Palace 3 Spurs nil. And that is a great result for Crystal Palace and a terrible result for Spurs, but they were down to 10 men for the last uh, about 30 or 40 minutes of the game, as Guy Swindles said there. Elsewhere, plenty of other games to wrap up in the Premier League today. A team who've had a horrendous start to the season, really, I suppose, are Arsenal. Um, they, they've, they were bottom of the table going into today's game. The only team above them, and only above them on goal difference, were Norwich. But it uh, looks like Arsenal have lifted themselves off the bottom of the table against Norwich this afternoon. Joshua Adu Donker was at the Emirates for us. Arsenal won. Norwich nil Pierre Emerick Aubameyang second half goal has given Arsenal their first win of the Premier League season his fifth against the Canaries in three games a very entertaining game between two teams who started at the foot of the Premier League table Aubameyang had a one-on-one save late on but Krul saved well Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe went close also. Norwich really struggling to create a clear chance after falling behind. It's now four defeats in a row for them. They replace Arsenal at the bottom of the table. Arsenal take all three points at a sunny Emirates. It's finished. Arsenal 1, Norwich 0. At a sunny Emirates Stadium. Elsewhere then today, Brighton, they beat Brentford 1-0 in their Premier League match. Mike Lawrence was watching that one at the Brentford Community Stadium. As this game wore on, we realised there was little chance of a repeat of the 3-3 draw when these two sides last met in the Championship with chances at a premium. Brighton huffed and puffed but failed to find a way through a dogged Brentford defence. That was until we entered second half stoppage time. The visitors suddenly started enjoying forays forward and it was Leando Trossard who finally broke the deadlock and home fans' hearts with a curled shot inside the area to make it nine points from a possible 12 for Brighton. Brentford nil, Brighton one. 
elsewhere then it's been a really good start to the season for West Ham they had a great season last year as well but they couldn't find the net today but still managed to pick up, pick up a point against Southampton at St Mary's in their Premier League match Alan Lewis was watching that one Finish Southampton nil, West Ham nil. West Ham remain undefeated Southampton still looking for their first league win of the season after a quiet first half things liven themselves up in the second Mikel Antonio and Gerard Bowen both went close for West Ham while Nathan Redmond spurred a good chance at the other end and then substitute Armando Brozier came off the bench for Southampton and immediately made an impact almost playing in El Unusi and then hitting the foot of the post from a counter-attack and then deep into stoppage time he saw a header cleared off the line by Declan Rice Michael Antonio was sent off right at the end for a second yellow card and finished Southampton nil West Ham nil Alan Lewis there at St Mary's at that Southampton and West Ham game. The other game then in the Premier League today was Watford and Wolves. And it was Wolves who were victorious at Victor- Vicarage Road and Lewis Mason was watching. Watford nil, Wolves two. Wolves are up and running. Their first goals and their first points of the new season. It was a lively game in Hertfordshire which was end-to-end for much of it. However, Wolves really grasped things in the second half. The first goal was wonderful. Marcel lovely ball from the left hand side and then it was all down to unfortunate behaviour from the defender Francisco Siralta who couldn't sort his feet out quick enough and he turned it into his own net. The Chilean's blushes spared those of Nelson Semedo who missed two glorious one-on-one chances and then a debut goal from He Chan Huang sealed the win for Wolves poking home after a goal mouth scramble for Watford. They've lost at Vicarage Road for the first time since February but for Wolves they are up and running. It finishes Watford nil, Wolves 2. Watford nil Wolves 2 there at Figuridge Road today and uh, there's one game underway then in the Premier League as well at the moment and uh, it is a team who will be right up there battling as we said for the title Chelsea 37 minutes on the clock there at Stamford Bridge and it is Chelsea leading Aston Villa by a goal to nil there and a man who will be battling it out for top scorer is Romelu Lukaku and he is the man who got the goal there for Chelsea Chelsea won Aston Villa nil is how it stands there uh, 38 minutes on the clock there now I was actually looking at the, the odds for Premier your league top scorer earlier on today who's the favourite I thought it'd be Ronaldo it's not it's Lukaku and Ronaldo is second favourite to be Premier League top scorer but those odds might change after his two goals today I reckon uh, but Lukaku trying to stay up there himself as well getting a goal for Chelsea and uh, still plenty of time for him to add to his tally in that game against Aston Villa this afternoon a place where there's been no goals uh, so far today is Croke Park in the All-Ireland football final and the scoreline remaining there now at Crow Park. Uh, Mayo, 8 points. Tyrone, 10 points. That is the latest score we have there from that. The second half is underway there now. We're about 7 or 8 minutes into the second half in that game there. And it remains Mayo, 8 points. Tyrone, 10 points. We'll keep an eye on that for you and bring in the latest score on that and see who emerges victorious there. I think most of the country, uh, for some reason, are, are kind of rooting for Mayo to finally do it and lift that curse that's been there since 1951. And uh, Mayo for Sam is uh, is one of the top trends on Twitter now at the moment as I just check it out there. Um, so uh, best of luck there to uh, to Mayo. Are we supporting Mayo on the big red bench here today or can we be biased? I don't know. Uh, but we'll see how that goes over the uh, the next kind of half an hour or so there um, at Croke Park and who will emerge as the All-Ireland Football Champions and take Sam Maguire home to either, I suppose, uh, Mayo or, or Tyrone. And uh, who will be victorious? Tyrone, two points ahead as it stands there. Uh, we'll come back to... Um, to uh, some football later on and uh, we'll actually reflect on Cork City's victory later on in the show or not victory I'll 
I wish it was a victory not a victory for Cork City last night their uh, defeat to Shelburne 2-0 last night and also Cove Ramblers beaten last night by Wexford so uh, Rory will join us to reflect on both of those games and we'll hear from Cork City manager Colin Healy later on in the show but it is Gaelic Games which I want to continue with for a little while because it is a big big day on Leaside tomorrow or at least representing Leaside up in Dublin at Croke Park tomorrow it is the Cork Camogie team in the All-Ireland Camogie final tomorrow and what a win they had in the semi-final against Kilkenny it was a cracker of a semi final and uh, stealing it at the death Cork uh, getting a late late winning point through uh, captain Linda Collins who actually hadn't started the game that day but came on as a substitute and uh, got that winning point and well well deserved for Cork they go on now to face Galway in that final tomorrow up in Croke Park uh, very shortly we'll hear from the Cork captain Linda Collins uh, we'll hear from her and Paddy Murray Paddy Murray the, um, the Cork manager the Cork boss will be joining us very shortly as well but first um, a man who has joined us right throughout the year and right throughout the season uh, chatting about all of the Camogie games and looking ahead to all of Cork's Camogie games and indeed reflecting on all of Cork's Camogie games is of course uh, Ger McCarthy of our Women in Sport podcast that you can check out every week on redfm.ie so Ger joins us now to look ahead to tomorrow's game Ger how's it going? Uh, it's going good Cullum looking forward to this now this should be good it should be good it should be a great one I think tomorrow it should be an absolute cracker um, it's going to be close would it be fair to say Cork are going in as maybe very marginal favourites if they are it's only very marginal yeah. um, and I think that's down to the fact as you mentioned there like it, it's been a very very good year for them both at underage and certainly at senior level um, I suppose the big talking point coming into it is the fact that Galway have beaten Cork in more, I think it's the last three big encounters, be it mm-hmm. National League or Ireland, or Ireland semi-finals or, uh, or finals. And the the problem with that is uh, the other issue with that is, I suppose this time around, as far as Cork is concerned, is that there's five All Ireland senior final debuts tomorrow. Um, you know, Fiona Keating from Corsi Rovers, the Cork goalkeeper Amy Lee, and then even 19 year old Kiro Sullivan, and the two wing backs Laura Hayes and Saoirse McCarthy. So they've been playing very, very well. They did fantastically well to get over Kilkenny, as we remember in the semi final. Mm-hmm. But the fact that those five have never played an All Ireland final before. I think you have to take that into account and I know Polly Murray has taken that into account but um, you know on, on days like all our final days you don't know how it's going to go for deb- debutants hopefully they will perform as they have been doing all year and that's to the top of their game but considering it's Galway and considering the experience Galway have Cork will need all of those five players at their absolute best and more if they're going to get over Galway Absolutely and you mentioned the semi-final win over Kilkenny Ger. I mean uh, we were chatting about that just after it finished on the day and that was a thrilling end such a thrilling end to the game and Cork just stole it at the end and I mean when, when you win a game like that I think in any sport and in any code with, with a late winner like that I think it really gives you a bit of momentum and a bit of, a bit of confidence and a bit of belief that you can maybe do anything doesn't it? It does, and I think uh, I think the key for Cork that day as well, and the really important thing for Cork that day was the fact that they beat Kilkenny, the reigning champions. Mm. I mean, uh, I think just for their confidence and just for their self-belief to know that they got one over probably one of the most consistent and probably the best teams in senior Kamogi over the last two to three years. It took a mammoth effort, and it also took, obviously, um, the loss of Orla Cronin to, to a red card, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But the fact that the other person we've interviewed as well this week, the Cork captain, Linda Collins, didn't get her starting place on the team and yet came on and scored the winning point shows the importance of the bench in the modern game, not just in GA and ladies football, but also in Camogie. It's fantastic to think that all the work that Paddy Murray had done pre-game in planning for this and executing some sort of a victory over them, um, you know, it came to it came to fruition. And I was delighted for them because they deserved it. Even after going down to 14 players, 
they didn't stop doing what they had been doing throughout the game. That, that can sometimes happen. As you know, Cullen players can yeah. lose their way. They can lose their heads a little bit. Cork stuck to the process. They stuck to the plan. It's something that Paulie Murray talks about the interviews. We, we'll hear shortly as well. There's no deviation from what they've been doing from the first week to the All-Ireland final week. It's the same process. That's the kind of you know foundation that young players need, the reputation and the, the, the understanding of what's needed at the very top end to beat teams like Kilkenny. Now, the question is, you know, we talk about Orla Cronin, but can yeah. Cork do it for a second time? Because Godley would have noted that. Godley would have seen that. And Godley has the edge over Cork in the recent games that they've played. And you can't get away from that. And they're a much, much more experienced team. But what we saw in the Kilkenny victory was a Cork team with the self-belief and the ability to execute a game plan brilliantly put together by Paddy Murray. If we get a repeat of that on, uh, tomorrow, then we have every chance of winning it. But it's not going to be easy. And, and hopefully we do get a repeat of that but you mentioned um, you mentioned both Orla Cronin and Linda Collins and it's Linda Collins who will come in for Orla Cronin it's the the only change in the Cork team from the semi-final win over Kilkenny um, it's an enforced change obviously Orla Cronin was handed I think it's a three game ban for that sending off towards the end of the, the Cork win over Kilkenny and I think Cork are appealing but obviously that's not going to have any bearing on, on, on things for tomorrow um, looking at that sending off Ger, what did you make of it? I thought it was very harsh and I mean look initially when it happened in real time I felt Orla was taken out by the Kilkenny defender mm-hmm. coming back and it should have been a penalty that was my initial gut reaction now Orla reacted by barely grazing the face mask of the Kilkenny player which you're not supposed to do but what she was cited for was the fact that she hit out using her hurley which yeah. you can't do either but the manner in which she hit out I mean it was the slightest of taps um, and considering that she had been absolutely taken out of it just before that, which everybody seems to have forgotten in all of this, um, it wasn't like she just decided there was a running battle with the centre-back for Kilkenny. She actually had been hit from behind, wasn't expecting it. And for a player who's played over, eight, I think it's 80 times at senior level and has only been booked, I think, three or four, I think I saw that statistic during the week. She just, and it's, it sounds like a cliche column, but it is actually true. She's not that kind of player. Yeah. And I think... In previous All-Irelands down through the years, we've seen players getting off at the last, you know, the midnight before the final and all that, you know, the way somebody yeah, sees yeah. a red card. If it's a fight, if it's a punch, you know, you throw your eyes to heaven and say whatever. But in this instance, I think a bit more common sense could have been applied. Now, at the moment, the ban, uh, the ban is being upheld, but I think it could be appealed again. I don't know what the process is or what happens between now and tomorrow in, the, when, in throwing. It's highly unlikely. Could it, could it actually involved. be appealed between now and tomorrow? I think it yeah. can under the rules, but I'm not sure. I'll be honest, I don't know the mechanism okay. involved. I would hope that they've decided one way or the other. I know, I know Paddy Murray now has a plan for Orla playing and Orla not playing. And the fact that Linda Collins has come in, I mean, you couldn't ask for a more experienced player to come in. But here's the thing, Cullum. Linda Collins is not Orla Cronin. And Orla yeah. Cronin plays a vital role for this Cork team, not just in the scores that she gets, but linking the midfield on that 65 metre line with the rest of the forward line her work rate her ability to get back and hook and tackle that's going to be severely severely missed and I think it's it's a big enough miss that tilts the balance back in Galway's favour unfortunately I hope not but I actually believe like of all the players that if you were going to lose to a red card or to a suspension or the Cronin is one of the, those ones Cork can't afford to do so look it's really upsetting for her um, I don't know where it's all going to end it looks like she isn't going to play but Cork have to get on with it now if that's the case. And they put in, as you'll hear, uh, a player in Linda Collins who is probably one of the most down-to-earth, solid, dependable players. And you hear the interview with her, even after finding out, Cullum, that she's the captain and she was going to be dropped for the semi-final. No histrionics, no big shouts, roars or anger. 
she just immediately got on with things, played a different role as she talks about. It's, it, she was given a different role on the day and few people can come on and make an impact having had suffered that kind of disappointment and look what she did. Picked up the loose ball, stuck it over the bar, Cork into an all-iron final. She will be vital for Cork tomorrow, Linda Collins, but Orla Cronin's loss is monumental. It is monumental and we'll keep an eye on that uh, as the night goes on, Ger, if anything does develop on that. But we're, we're kind of thinking probably at this stage maybe it won't, but you'd yeah. never you'd never know. Um, but Linda Collins coming in, as we said, like she got that vital point at the end of the game, the winning point at the end of the game in the semi-final. So, I mean, Linda is great anyway, but she's going to be full of confidence after that as well as Neiman. That's going to give, an, especially after her not starting the game, that's going to give her that bit of confidence going into the final now, isn't it? It is, and that, it's vital for that Cork team that they could see. You heard any Cork players that have been interviewed this week. I spoke to Mayor Callan, spoke for the newspapers. Libby Coppinger's been in the newspapers, and they all said the same thing. She's such a dependable player, and she's, you can see Paddy Murray's thought process putting somebody like Linda Collins as, as your captain. There's a lot of thought went into it, but she's the person that they can turn to. She's the person that they can rely on, and who better than to score the winning point? And as I said again, having been dropped, that can have a negative effect on players. Mm. If you're dropped and you're wondering, what more can I do? But there was none of that from Linda. She got on with the job stuck it over the bar and got the winning score but there are other players who have to show up for Cork tomorrow as well as Linda Connors Amy O'Connor by her own high standards the highest of high standards has had a quiet year at full forward she's got to put it in tomorrow there's a big performance left in Amy if she delivers Cork have an even better chance of winning Ashley Thompson Hannah Looney in their own the middle this year um, Katrina Mackey all these players have plenty of experience we spoke about the players the five players that are coming in for the first time but the ones that I just mentioned their experience is yeah. absolutely crucial and why? because they're going up against the Galway team column who are experienced in, in not just in All-Ireland semi-finals and All-Ireland finals Is it a third like, consecutive final Ger? Is it third? I think so yeah. I, I don't have that to hand out yeah. like, but I know that like they've met seven times Cork and Galway have met seven times since 1993 and like Cork's wins have been in 93, 97, 98, 2008 and 2015. But since then, Galway have had, mm. have had the upper hand. And here's the crucial thing that, I, that jumped over the page that I was reading this week. 11 of the Galway team that started their semi-final victory over Tipperary this year were on the starting team that won the All-Ireland back in 2019. Well, so this team is built to win an All-Ireland. It's coming to the end with the greatest of respect to the players. It's not a criticism. They're coming to the end of the life cycle of this particular team. And you look at their bench and the, the experience that they can call upon. It's something Paddy Murray alludes to in the interview as well. And I think he's right to do so. There's a lot of experience. They know how to win. They ain't going to panic if they fall behind. So the big onus and the big kind of, I suppose, the big question mark is how will the young Cork players react in their de- five players in their All-Ireland debut? How will Cork change their tactics without Ola Cronin? And how is this game going to pan out considering Galway have had the upper hand in the last year or four? different matchups. I would hope that Cork have something different lined up their sleeve. I would like to think they'll win the midfield battle, which would be huge for them because they've got Hannah Looney, they've got Katrina Mackey and they've got Ashley Thompson, but they've got to win that midfield third. In their own, that third of the, middle third of the pitch, if Cork can control Galway as best they can, cut off the supply into the forwards, they have a real chance. But I, I keep hearing myself saying, Cork has to do this, Cork has yeah, to yeah. do that, Cork has <laughs> to do this. I guess you know which way I'm leaning, unfortunately. Uh, I, I do, unfortunately. We'll get your prediction in a second, Ger, but I just want to acknowledge as well that that's, there's going to be supporters there again tomorrow, which is great. Oh, yeah. we, we can see it this evening at the, at the All-Ireland Football Final as well, and we saw it um, when Cork were up there um, in the All-Ireland Final in the Hurling a few weeks ago. And it makes all the difference. I saw it myself last night in Turner's Cross as well. It makes all the difference having the, the fans there and the support there. And there's a lot of people travelling up from Cork. I saw a lot of fans in the front of the Echo today, and we were getting quite a few texts in this morning of people who are travelling up to support 
support the Camogie team tomorrow. So they're going to have great support there as well. And that, that makes a difference because a lot of the early games of the year, obviously, they were playing in front of empty stadiums. It's going to have a huge impact on the car team. And you're right to make it. It's a good point to make because there's been massive build-up online on the social on social media channels and Red FM. We've seen it already. There's, everybody has the flags out. There's, mm. You see clubs with their younger players giving Cork the roars. On, and I know some of the players have seen it. I've spoken to some of the players. They're they're loving it. They're delighted that they're seeing this. And they do feel that there's a, there's a huge amount of support behind them. I saw it in the under-20 All-Ireland football final this year in Crow Park when went awfully beast. Um, Ross Cowan and what that meant to the Offaly supporters I think the same thing here if Cork are in trouble tomorrow their fans will raise them their fans will get behind them and I think they'll need that I think they're going to need it at different times of the game Galway will be well supported too there's a lot of support behind them but there's a huge following and I think there's a huge amount of people that I've spoken to more than I actually expected going to Dublin for this final they want to be part of it and I think Cork having said all the things I said Cork are with a real fighting chance here Let's let's not think for one second that this is going to be a Galway victory straightforward. Cork has the ability to rip out, to rip into them in the first 10-15 minutes like they did the last day against Kilkenny and maintain it for most of the game. It's going to be close, it's going to be exciting and the crowd will have a huge role to play for Cork. Absolutely, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a cracker of a game, I really do. Um, Right Ger, we know I think we kind of gathered from the last uh, nine or ten minutes of conversation which way you're leaning but uh, prediction time we like to put you on the spot always, what do you think? My heart says Cork Camogie. I would love for Paddy Murray to win this one, especially for him and his background, because we've heard the effort they've put in this year. But for me, there's just too many question marks and mm. the loss of Orla Cronin. It's, it's a game changer in terms of how Cork moved the ball in the forward line. Was she there? I would fancy Cork. The fact that she's not there and the fact that Galway has so much experience I just fancy Galway going to edge it. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm proved wrong. But I think Galway have just about have the edge in this. I'm only ever honest when a man with you call him. Yeah. I don't I wave the flag as often as they can for Cork, but I have to call it and I think at the moment right now I think Galway will edge it. All right, hopefully you're wrong, Ger, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, but uh, fair, play, fair play for the honest prediction anyway. Uh, listen, Ger, thanks for talking to us as always and um, enjoy the game tomorrow as well. I think it's going to be a great one. Yeah, you too, Colm. And we will hear their jersey interviews now in just a second with uh, the Cork boss, Paddy Murray, and also with the Cork captain, Linda Collins, ahead of tomorrow's All-Ireland Camogie final against Galway up in Croke Park. First of all, just want to get you the uh, latest score from the All-Ireland football final that's ongoing right now in Croke Park between Mayo and Tyrone. And Tyrone have got a goal. Uh, there is about 55 minutes gone in that game there now, and it is just a goal in it, just the, the goal, the three points. Mayo, 10 points. Tyrone, one ten is how it stands there with about 56 minutes on the clock there now. Uh, so still plenty of time for Mayo to get back into that match. Uh, Mayo 10 points, Tyrone one ten is how it stands at Crow Park in the All-Ireland Football Final. And just the latest score in the ongoing Premier League game for you as well. Uh, it's Chelsea up against Aston Villa. Half time now at Stamford Bridge and it is Chelsea still leading Villa by a goal to nil there thanks to that goal from Romelu Lukaku. Right, we're going to stick with our big preview of the uh, Camogie Final tomorrow. The All-Ireland Camogie Final up in Croke Park. Cork versus Galway. And we just chatted to Jur And Jur himself has been chatting to the Cork boss Paddy Murray ahead of that match Now delighted to be joined by uh, a very busy man ahead of the All-Ireland Camogie final between Cork and Galway it's Cork manager Paddy Murray joining us here on the Big Red Bench Paddy very simple question to start how have preparations gone and how is the squad looking ahead of the biggest game uh, for some, for most for all of their careers Yeah look I suppose things have gone well, uh, quite well uh, you know I suppose one or two injuries after the semi-finals so they should be after sorting themselves out come um, come match day so you know just hoping that we're picking from a fully fit squad 
you know the challenge that's in front of you considering the epic game between the two of you at Nolan Park in the National League semi-finals this year which went to extra time um, did you learn anything new that you didn't already know about Galway or is there anything from that particular game that you can use heading into the All-Ireland final no not really uh, look uh, we played him a number of times over the last uh, uh, two or three years um, they're a phenomenally strong squad you just look at their bench uh, I think looking at a bench you know it will indicate how strong they are when you have you know players like Anne-Marie Starr Tara Kinney Roisin Black uh, Neil McGrath Rebecca Henley Noreen Cohn uh, you know all, all all on the bench uh, that indicates what a strong team they they um, they are so you know look I've already said it uh, we will be up against it uh, we're a very very young team so um you know, um, we would have to play out of our skins to have any chance. You had to play out of your skins to get over Kilkenny as well. And is that the best learning curve for a young player in a situation like that? Yeah, look, I think they can take confidence from it. Um, you know, they've showed a lot of character. Sometimes players look for evidence uh, and it was there. So um, certainly um, they should be... Um, let's say uh, better prepared from that point of view I suppose looking at it ourselves afterwards there's certain areas that at that game we were not happy about that we would need a massive improvement in for the next day and I suppose that's really what we're looking for is an improvement in those areas um, I, I, you know we're saying to the players that you know it needs to be a personal best that they need to achieve uh, to have any chance so I suppose that's really what we're going after rather than anything else and you know that better than anybody that the, the small margins the tiny margins at the very business end of a championship season are what decide tight games and it's going to be a tight game with Galway Oh absolutely look uh, you know uh, it's the minute uh, things that, that you know if you do right you have a chance and uh, but I suppose look we're, we're going in uh, to this game I suppose the same way as we went in against uh, Kilkenny and other games we just concentrate on ourselves as I said you were very young uh, we're looking for Bar being down over the corner is a huge, huge loss, and I suppose look, it's just trying to concentrate on ourselves and try to give some sort of a performance that will give us some sort of a, a chance, you know. Um, you've talked as well about the performance levels and performance levels just growing with each match this past season. Are you happy now that you're you're coming to exactly where you want the team to be in terms of being primed and being ready to give hopefully the best performance of the year? I think we've improved with every game. Um, you know uh, we've developed away nicely a lot of the younger players are starting to, to improve um, you know but but I go back we, we need to play out of our skin really to to have a chance here this is a very experienced Galway team you know I think you're five or six um, over 30 years of age those girls might be looking at probably retiring um, as well so there's extra incentive on their side to uh, win this so um you know so like it is going to be tough from a managerial point of view Paddy you've been through big matches all earning finals semi-finals does the process in the days leading up to it change do you try and keep the same routine or is there anything new that you try to introduce now especially with so many young players in the team I think you're crazy to introduce anything to be honest um, you know I suppose we will do nothing different up about preparation will be the same um, you know and it's important from the players point of view that they don't change anything I think they know that uh, you know they know the process very well at this stage and that's what we would be saying to them uh, really leading up to the game is that nothing changes 
There's increased media coverage, there's increased online presence. Camogie is building every year and becoming more and more popular, something I know you're glad to see. Um, does that intrusion, though, on social media and those type of things, it wouldn't have been there recently. Is that a concern or are the players just well able to block all that out and focus on the job? Well, I think they have to block it off. I think it's important and, you know, I suppose I've never, I suppose, stopped anyone uh, really um, from doing interviews or anything like that. I think, look, if, if the game needs exposure, well, then it's up to us to, to help that along and, uh, you know, we, we do our best to, to uh, make ourselves available. It's not easy. We look, I suppose, a two-week um Leading to an all Ireland semi final or final is it makes life very difficult. We do whole jobs, believe it or not. So you know it's it's trying to cater for everyone. Probably three weeks is a better lead in, in that uh, you get a lot of things out of the way the first week and the last two weeks you can concentrate on on your your build up. So it, it's not easy in an amateur game, really. You know. And finally, Paddy, you've been in what is a goldfish bowl as a manager going into an all Ireland final before. Do you actually get to enjoy it? I know you'll enjoy it if you win it, but do you actually get to enjoy the experience or does all that come afterwards? Not really. Look, you're you're probably in a zone. And, you know, it's important, I suppose, from a management point of view that you don't, uh, um, I suppose, move out of that zone. And you know very little what's going on outside it. So, um, look, it comes down if you win. Uh, you're happy and if you don't you don't and look you know you've, I suppose I've experienced both um, you just have to take it on the chin and move on that's my view always you know that is Cork Camogie boss Paddy Murray chatting to Jura there ahead of tomorrow's All-Ireland Camogie final. Obviously Cork and Galway. It's a big one. We will hear from the captain and wrap up our preview in just a few minutes, Linda Collins. And we will also be hearing from Cork City manager Colin Healy and reflecting on, unfortunately, defeat for Cork City last night. But uh, a good performance in front of a big, uh, raucous crowd at Turner's Cross. It was absolutely brilliant down at Turner's Cross last night. We'll reflect on those with Rory in just a few minutes as well. Um, but just update you on the latest at Croke Park and it is a bit of a cracker really at the moment uh, between Tyrone and Mayo and it is still Tyrone leading there uh, about 62 or 63 minutes on the clock there now it's Tyrone 2-10 Mayo 13 points so still not a whole lot in it there and Mayo certainly have time to get back into that game and we'll see how it goes um, between now and the end of the show and who will be crowned um, All-Ireland champions and who will be taking Sam Maguire home will it be going home to Tyrone or home to Mayo we'll soon find out between now and the end of the show here on Cork's Red FM. As I said, we'll continue our preview of the All-Ireland Camogie final very shortly and reflect on uh, the games for Cork City and Cove Ramblers last night as well. That's all to come here on the Big Red Bench between now and seven. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, it is the Big Red Bench here on Red FM and it's Colm O'Sullivan with you until seven o'clock. Another point to piece since we uh, went to the break for Tyrone and Mayo. Now Tyrone 2-11 Mayo 14 points in the All-Ireland Football Final at Croke Park and in the Premier League second half just underway at Stamford Bridge it remains Chelsea 1 Aston Villa nil there uh, Lukaku as we mentioned with that goal uh, but it's all about Ronaldo in the Premier League today it was the Ronaldo show at Old Trafford today it was the Ronaldo show in the Premier League uh, with him getting two goals in Manchester United's 4-1 win um, against Newcastle at Old Trafford and uh, it really really was all about Ronaldo and if you haven't seen the goals yet 
Well worth watching. Well, one of his goals is only a tap-in. His second goal is lovely. But to be honest, he was nearly upstaged by Bruno Fernandes, who got an absolute cracker of a goal for Manchester United. But it was a great day for United with Ronaldo returning. Um, and a great day for the Premier League and for football, indeed, with Ronaldo returning to United and returning to the Premier League today um, and doing it in style with those two goals. Uh, we will talk football in just a little while. We're going to hear from Cork City boss Colin Healy um, reflecting on the Cork City and Shelburne game at Turner's Cross last night. I was down there myself. Uh, cracker of a game uh, City were missing quite a lot of players unfortunately um, and were up against it from the off but uh, the lads who came in and did play put in a good performance but unfortunately beaten by Shelburne but uh, it was it was all about the crowd and the atmosphere and everything last night as well it was just a really cracking atmosphere big crowd in Turner's Cross um, very loud very colourful um, and just a great atmosphere there last night so we'll be chatting to Colin Healy and chatting to Rory about that in a few minutes time but we're going to wrap up our preview of the All-Ireland Camogie final tomorrow first of all it is Cork and Galway as we said up in Croke Park and we heard before the break from Cork boss Paddy Murray now we're going to hear from Cork captain Linda Collins uh, chatting to Jer McCarthy and you'll remember of course uh, Linda is back in the team but she came on off the bench in the semi-final against Kilkenny and got that all-important winning point she has been chatting to Jer ahead of tomorrow's final Cork senior Camogie captain Linda Collins joins us here on the Big Red Bench ahead of the biggest match of the season the All-Ireland senior Camogie final at Crow Park against Galway it's coming up this weekend Linda simple one to start and a more straightforward one um, how have preparations gone and for you personally because you didn't start the semi-final but you decided it obviously no one's quite sure their place the team hasn't been named at this point but a lot of work and a lot of excitement and um, I suppose a lot of positivity heading into the final yeah definitely I suppose when you win a semi-final it's great and everything but you still have nothing won in in one sense you know you you've no trophy or anything like that so I suppose it's just trying to bring us back down now and realise that we need to kick on now in, in two weeks' time. But it is, it's a very exciting time and only a few people actually get to experience the lead-up to an All-Ireland final. So it, it is exciting and tra- there's good um, positive vibes and everything at training. So um, And a lot of the younger girls are really excited and positive and everything else. So just looking forward to it now and training's going well. Apart from all the media requirements, obviously, that come with an All-Ireland final, having to talk to the likes of myself, how different is it from every other week of the year you've experienced? You've, you've been experiencing big matches with Cork before, but it does take a lot of, I suppose, the danger is that it can mentally, it can be a bit draining. Yeah, I suppose that you would be conscious of that as well. You don't want to be thinking about the match all, all the time. And yeah, there is a lot of media requirements, all right. But you try and take them and not, not think too much about them. They're only part of the job as well. But other than that, you know, it's the lead up to any other game. And I suppose from experience, you learn to just think of it as a match and everything like that. There's no point in dwelling too much on it because you can't change it anyway. All you have to go out and do is perform. So you try not to think about it and distract yourself and then think about it once you get closer to the game then. Yeah, what struck me in that semi-final was even the younger players, the likes of Saoirse McCarthy, that opening point, flying up the wing and putting it over the bar. Am I right in saying a lot of the younger players that you've spoken about that are part of the panel, not just this year, but maybe last year as well, they seem settled and they seem ready for this. There's an eagerness and that's rubbing off on the players that have been there maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, I think so. Sure, I mean, the younger girls, they've no baggage or anything. They've no past histories. They've won minor All-Ireland finals. They know how to win games. You know, like, I mean... They have a lot of experience underage and stuff like that. So we're learning from them just as much as they're learning from us. So I suppose we're kind of bouncing off each other and the balance is kind of good at the moment. But yeah, I mean, so impressed with the girls' energy and everything and just fearless performance. So like just hoping that they'll be able to bring that again. But obviously 
Galway are going to be a huge, tough, intense battle again. So that's going to we're going to need to up it again if we want even be a chance to beating them. Indeed, you are, and you mentioned Galway. I mean, obviously, they are not not just from a Cork perspective. We're saying this; they are the favourites going into this. And the last meeting, the National League semi final, um, back in June in Nolan Park, where they defeated Cork by two points after extra time, an absolute cracking game. I think it's fair to say everyone's expecting something similar this time around. But from your own perspective, Linda, did you learn anything new that you didn't already know about Galway that day? I mean, I know you how, how highly you rate them, but they, they are a team on a mission and they've got such depth, such experience, even on the bench, that this is really going to be a tough task for you. Yeah, and I think that's huge for them. You know, they do have players on the bench that can come in and make an impact that girls that have players throughout the years, you know, and even their starting 15 are so strong and, you know, the intensity they bring, they want to fight for every ball. They've lost last year now to Kilkenny in the league final and the uh, All-Ireland final. So, like, they're not coming up to Crow Park on Sunday to lose, you know, or to just be there. They they want to win, you know, and they're, they're coming off the back of two losses in two finals up in Crow Park. So, just hoping that we'll be able to match their intensity and I suppose that day when we lost them by two points they we were able to get it to extra time but they kicked on again mm. in extra time so I suppose you know the it's never over until the final whistle blows that is Cork Camogie captain Linda Collins talking ahead of the final tomorrow against Galway and best of luck to the Cork Camogie team in that match uh, it's into Stoppage time, injury time um, at Crow Park now in the All-Ireland Football Final. And it is still Tyrone in the lead there. Uh, there's six minutes of added time to be played. And it's Tyrone 213, Mayo 14 points as it stands. But just at the on the 70th minute, uh, Mayo had a player sent off. Matthew Ruan has been sent off a red card uh, for Matthew Ruan there. Um, and it's a stoppage time there now. It is still Tyrone 213, Mayo 14 points. So uh, we'll, we'll know who will be crowned off. All-Ireland champions there in the next five minutes or so. Um, I'm going to be talking Cork City in just a few minutes, but I just want to reflect on something I mentioned a few minutes ago, which is Cristiano Ronaldo. He is the star of the show of the day um, in the sporting world, I think. And he's even admitted now that his return to Manchester United went even better than he expected himself. As I said earlier, he scored twice to help United to a 4-1 win over Newcastle in the Premier League. And his name was sung through the game at Old Trafford. The United fans were delighted. And Ronaldo has been speaking, saying he was just proud to, uh, to contribute to the victory on his uh, second debut for the club. I just scored two goals. I expect one, but not two. But I have to appreciate um, the fans, what they did to me today. Uh, I feel so, so proud for that, but uh, the most important is it's to win. But you can hardly hear him there with the fans chanting his name in the back room, but he, he was happy anyway, regardless. Uh, Ronaldo, and fair play to him. Uh, great uh, first game back for Manchester United today with those two goals. Now, uh, there was two goals to turn us cross last night as well, but unfortunately, the two goals went the way of Shelburne. It was Cork City versus Shelburne down in Turner's Cross. Now, Cork City going into the game were missing six centre-backs through injury. They were also missing some other key players, uh, such as Garrett Morrissey and Stephen Beattie, and uh, quite a few players missing for Cork City last night. So, uh, a lot of positions switched around. I think there was only one recognised defender in the Cork City back four. Such was was the crisis of players that they had through injuries and suspensions last night as well. Um, so it was it was tough going for Colin Healy and the Cork City team from the off against league leaders Shelburne. 
But uh, Cork City did put in a battling performance, a good performance in front of a big, big crowd at Turners Cross last night, the biggest crowd at Turners Cross in nearly two years. And uh, it was loud. The shed was back in full voice. There was uh, there was people jumping around in the shed. They were all crammed in. The flares were lighting and it was like the old days and it was great crack and it was, it was great to see. It really, really was. But unfortunately, it wasn't the right result for Cork City. Uh, I was chatting to Colin Healy after the match and Colin said uh, they were up against it from the off with the injuries and suspensions. Yeah, no, we, we did. We did. Um, as I said, we had a few suspensions and we had, we had a few injuries. So we um, we had a back four in that probably haven't played out together. Um, so it was a difficult one for us tonight. But I thought, listen, the lads came in. They they, they were brilliant. Um, they kept going till the end. So um, can't fault their effort. Really gave it your all in the second half, especially even at 2-0 down. A lot of chances created. Kept pushing forward. No, we did, we did, we did, and the boys—they'll always do that. They kept going, they kept going. But listen, we um, fortunately we couldn't get, we couldn't get a goal, and we couldn't get back into the game. But um, you'll never fault the effort. They'll, they'll always give you that. It's against the league leaders tonight as well. Uh, Shelburne always a tough team to come down here, and they're having a great season themselves. Ah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, we 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 give them two soft goals, so um, listen, they got the result. But um, yeah, playoffs still hope. Do you think? Uh, listen, it'll be difficult. It'll be difficult. You know, listen, we'll have, we um, we come in tomorrow. Listen, we we'll get ready for a treaty in two weeks' time, um, and hopefully we can go and win that game. But it, it will be difficult. But we 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 we'll, we'll hang in there. We will. Just in case, just go out and try and win every game, I suppose, and see what happens. That's all we can do. And and the players will try, the players will do that as well. I have no bothers with that. Or make a penalty, isn't it, Colin? I think it was. I think it was a penalty. I know. Listen, Daz. Listen, Daz. For us this year has been brilliant. Listen, he's played nearly in every position. He's gone in. I asked him to do a job himself in Alec Bourne, but to play there for the team, and um, you know, it's it's a big one to, to go in and play against uh, Shells because they're very direct. But the lads went in. They did their job. Listen, I know. Um, Derek could have dealt with the, the long ball and obviously with the you know he slid in and he's given away the penalty but um, he's gone in he's done a job for us tonight and listen I'm, I was happy with the boys performance listen he's not a centre back Alec Barnes is not a centre back but we had to play there and they played there for the team and they did the job and we got a, a lot of respect for him for that you weren't there for many other options really that to change things the way you did I mean there was so many players missing no there was there was uh, listen we had young Carl Heffernan on the bench tonight but he, he, he played two games with the under 17s this week so but I thought it would have been unfair to throw him in were you considering it? I was, yeah, I was, yeah, but I was just, uh, I went with the, the lads with more experienced, um, and um, I, w- I went with them. I just didn't think it was was right to throw in Cahill because, you know, obviously he's played a few games, he's still young, he hasn't been in, in around the group as long as we like to get him in, but um, listen, he's one, he's definitely one for the future. I was saying it every week since the crowds came back, I mean, it was fantastic again tonight, I mean, even tuning down, the fans were chanting, even the Shelburne fans were good tonight, I mean, it was a great atmosphere overall. It? Listen, it's, it's a great, it was a great atmosphere, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully that continues, but we we have we have we have special supporters and uh, we always have um so listen hopefully that continues but um yeah they they were brilliant it's just a shame that we couldn't get the result from it's Colin Jersey. okay thank you Okay, so we just heard there from Cork City manager Colin Healy after Cork City's 2-0 defeat to Shelburne in front of a a great crowd and a great atmosphere at Turner's Cross last night. And uh, you heard Colin Healy saying there that injuries, suspensions and everything, it meant it was difficult for City from the off. The man who was commentating last night, as always, on LOI TV, is our very own Rory O'Hagan. He joins me now. How's it going, Rory? I'm good, Colin. How are you, boy? Not too bad. And um, Rory, as we said, it was difficult for Colin Healy from the off, really, wasn't it? Yeah, look, you're missing five centre-halves there. You're missing George Heaven, you're missing Jonas Hack, and then you're missing Josh Honan through injury. You're missing Keen Coleman and uh, Gordon Walker through suspension. That's five 
centre halves basically that are out. You're turning to Alec Byrne, then who don't think has ever played centre half in his career, and you're looking at Derek Crowley then to come in and play centre half, and sure he's been playing right mid for a lot of the season uh, and right back for a lot of it. And then he has to slant the centre mid, so it was always going to be difficult. And Dale Holland coming in who had a, a decent enough game, and the only two of the back five that were there were Mark McNulty and uh, Ron Hurley. So it was very very tough um, for City to to come into that and look to, given I suppose the handicap that they had of, of missing all those players I thought City actually played well in patches it took them a while to into the game um, Shelburne to call a spade a spade were absolutely fantastic last night they were clinical um, moved the ball very very well they're a big strong physical team and it just shows I suppose no matter how much we've been talking about Cork City's improvements over the last a couple of months a couple of weeks and there have been many of those just shows you how far they have to get to, to, to get to Shelburne's level I guess Colum Absolutely um, and like City really especially in the second half where City really pushed when they were 2-0 down after the penalty incident and we'll talk about the penalty in a second but they really really pushed didn't they and they, they had opportunities they had chances they could have got goals despite as we said the weakened team they really gave it their all but Shelburne do have that bit more experience as we said yeah, they do. I mean, like in the second half, Kim Bargery got into the game a lot more. Um, Shelburne got that penalty, as you mentioned there, um, just um, after the uh, the second half kicked off. And that kind of, that was it, basically. Shelburne had just they had their job done. They kind of shut up shop a little bit, uh, went a bit more compact and didn't exert uh, any more energy than they needed to, to get all three points. And I was impressed by, with that by them. But uh, Cork City um, worked very hard. They got on the ball a lot more. We saw a lot more from Aaron Ball during the second half. Barry Coffey, who had a quiet game by his standards, got on the ball a little bit more but Bargery was the, the main man the main danger down that right hand side last night and he was always looking on the ball he was pacey he was uh, giving uh, the uh, the Shelburne left back Ledwich an awful hard time last night and uh, Ledwich ended up going off injured I think after Bargery twisted and turned and Ledwich <laughs> ended up on the floor kind of just in a heap after um, Bargery had kind of uh, Kind of, just kind of made a mess of him, I suppose. But like, that was the main threat from Cork City last night. Dylan McLeod had a very quiet game by his standards. Dylan McLeod, I, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but um, his work rate has improved massively over the last couple of weeks. And defensively, he, he he worked hard, but he was very very frustrated on the ball last night. Whenever he got the ball, there was two or three Shelburne players around. Him. They'd obviously had him scouted well and didn't want him on the ball and running at them. He did have a couple of chances, I suppose, a couple of half chances, and that was kind of it really. So I mean. Like from an attacking point of view, you think Cork City certainly have a lot to work on based on last night's game. Jack Walsh coming in the last couple of weeks uh, worked very very hard last night but never ever threatened Clark on goal and uh, Ukiah Murphy who was rewarded with the captain's armband last night 10 goals this season and uh, I suppose never really threatened Clark either I don't think Clark had many saves to make throughout the entire game and uh, that was kind of the, the story of the game basically Shelburne did their, their job they got two goals uh, from uh, Brennan who was just head and shoulders the best player on the pitch last night the way he was just drifting in and out of space he was operating in between lines as well so the, the centre has weren't sure if she should pick him up or Balger wasn't sure if he should pick him up so then there was a lot of space for Brennan in which to operate in between the midfield and, and, and Cork City's defensive line so he was absolutely brilliant last night and he was wor- he worked his socks off he, he was popping right back defending he was all over the place he was absolutely brilliant pleasure to watch him last night and just the, 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 the work rate from him was absolutely exceptional took his first goal uh, I suppose he kind of bundled it over the line I guess and then slotted the, the second uh, the, the penalty um, very very well expertly passed uh, Mark McNulty so uh, that was the, the story the, the Shelburne goals I guess but as I say look there are positives I guess to take uh, from a Cork City point of view in that they, they never stop trying they never stop working and um, just need to be a bit more clinical in front of goal I guess 
I think leaving the stadium and towards the end of the game last night, Roar, didn't feel like a 2-0 defeat at all. I think that the way, like, it felt like a game of old, the atmosphere, the crowd, and people just knew the City team was depleted, but they've seen the City team evolve over the course of the season. They know that in the past five, six, seven weeks, this City team has, has got a lot better, has really grown into itself and has picked up some good results as well. And then we saw the crowds come back last night. It was obviously the biggest crowd we've had in probably nearly two years. There was 2,000 people there, over 2,000 people. And the shed was rocking. There was flares going off in the shed, even a tunnel down. Everyone was jumping up and down. The place was packed. The, the rafters, it felt like pre-COVID. It felt like a, a, actually quite a while before pre-COVID. Um, it, looked, it was like a Cork City and Shelburne game of old and I think anyone who was there last night enjoyed it despite the result just for the atmosphere just for the the whole atmosphere around the match and around the club I think as well Roar yeah, it, like, it was almost like a celebration last night. I mean, there was 2,045 fans there who sang all the way from start to finish. Uh, the Shelburne fans, have to give credit to them as well, they created an excellent atmosphere. Um, and it just felt like a big occasion. It felt like a big game. And it felt like there was more than 2,000 people there, to be perfectly honest. And it was fantastic to see. And uh, even when City were 2-0 down, the Cork City fans never stopped uh, singing and chanting. The, the atmosphere was it was absolutely fantastic. And that was going to typify, I think, in the, the 31st minute as well, the, the minutes applause for the late great John Kennedy to mark his uh, 31 years as a volunteer for, for, for Cork City every single person in the ground stood up and applauded JFK the the, the, the legend the Shelburne supporters did the Shelburne bench did um, I saw Brendan Clark the Shelburne goalkeeper just applauding while the game was going on it was an incredible moment brought a uh, uh, I brought the the hairs in the back of my neck they, they were standing up during it it was just a, a fitting tribute to it, an absolutely fantastic man and shows what Cork City is all about really Colm I guess yeah and uh, like obviously um, what happened John was so so sad and such a loss to the club but a uh, really great tribute to him on, on what's approaching his first anniversary last night in the 31st minute and uh, the Shade were, were singing his name as much as the name of any f- football player on the pitch last night I think as well which was a sign of, of the regard the man was held in within, within the club and within uh, all the Cork City fan base and so on as well for, for his 31 years of supporting and volunteering at the club uh, but onwards and upwards I think Roar now for Cork City and kind of looking ahead to the last five games of the season you, you heard Colin Healy beforehand before we started chatting and I asked him is the playoffs out of reach and he, he, say, he kind of said no we just have to see how it goes we just try and win every game from here on in there's still eight points behind Bray Wanderers Bray were beaten by Athlone last night as well so it's still doable Roar there's 15 points to play for for Cork City there's an 8 point gap to make up I think they'd have to be quite lucky to win all their games and hope that other teams lose but like they might squeeze into the playoffs just yet but even if they don't they have a very good foundation now for next season I think don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, like as you say, like they're eight points behind Bray. They they go to Treaty next week, and then uh, or in two weeks' time, I should say, and then they actually have to go to Bray on the first of October, which will be be interesting to get a result there. And like you know, the three more games, you never never know. Not impossible, as Colin said. It's unlikely, but it's not impossible. But um, I think. Cork City fans have a lot of reasons to be optimistic for the future based on A, I suppose City's performances um, over the last while and uh, the, the tune that Colin Healy is getting out of them and uh, we, I don't think any Cork City fan expected Cork City to be challenging for promotion this year this year was all about consolidation and building I suppose towards next year and Colin Healy has been doing that you see like the, the business he's doing signing the likes of Keane Coleman up for next year already Aaron Bolger is going to be here next year I mean it's all about getting the players ready for, for next year now and that's what he's 
been doing working in the background five games left just two of those at home uh, Cork City aren't back at the cross until the 8th of October so that's uh, four weeks out of the game for Cork City fans at the cross which is unfortunate but it's just the way everything has landed but yeah as you say look the playoffs not impossible but it's it's unlikely they're going to need uh, some help along the way and they are going to have to go uh, the rest of the season unbeaten and they're going to have to beat Bray uh, up there as well so it's, it's a tall order not impossible but it's a tall order definitely is a tall order but we'll hope for the best roar and as we said uh, looks good for next season I think it was great as well like as we said the support last night the atmosphere and 2,000 people there despite Cork City being mid-table in the first division it, sh- it shows the fan base that is there and, and it's incredible and it shows the fan base that core fan base sticks by the club no matter what division or what position they're in by the looks of things yeah and that's that's what it is basically I mean like Cork City fans have been starved we were the, we were there all season we were fortunate to be there Cullen when, when Covid was there and there was nobody in the grounds and it was, it was a, a horrible kind of freaky experience just being in an empty ground and it's great to see the supporters come back in larger numbers over the course of the last few weeks not good for me parking the car before the match I was able just to rock up to the match get parking no bother but that's a, a small complaint to have but look it is fantastic to see supporters back it is fantastic to see them get right behind this team and Cork City fans have always gotten behind a hard-working, honest Cork City team who will give their all for the short, which is what they appear to be doing under Colin Healy. I don't think they'll be allowed to do anything else under Colin Healy. But, yeah, it's fantastic to see. Just before we wrap up, Colin, as well, we just have to mention Cove Ramblers in the run of form that they have been on, losing 3-1 to Wexford last night. A massive blow for them. Darren Murphy still without a league win since taking over from Stuart Ashton Stuart Ashton surprisingly sacked um, a, a couple of weeks ago and Darren Murphy has come in it's go, it's always going to be a tall order for Darren to come in and kind of stamp his authority midway through the season but the Ramblers board uh, made a decision uh, to replace Stuart Ashton midway through the season and it hasn't really gone to, to plan for them losing last night now to Wexford by three goals to one uh, in a game you would be hoping that they would be able to get a result from um, which was unfortunate lost 3-0 to Treaty last week out of the cup against Maine Newth University Town the week before that uh, losing to UCD into Cork City not been a great run since he's come in and taken over uh, the, the best result he's gotten is that two all draw away to, to Shelburne at the, the start of uh, or at the end of July I should say so it's been a tough start to, to life as a, a League of Ireland manager for, for Darren Murphy and that co-Ramblers team but look they're obviously planning and looking forward ahead to next year as well so no need for them to be panicking just quite yet Absolutely, and hopefully uh, both Cork City and Cove Ramblers have better seasons next year, but uh, Cork City definitely on the better run of the two teams um, at the moment. Rory, listen, thanks for chatting to us, and uh, enjoy the week, the rest of the weekend, all right? No bother, come talk to you later. And that is us pretty much out of time for this evening. It was a day for Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United fans. A big, big day for Ronaldo and his return to Old Trafford with two goals. Not a day for Mayo. Not a day for Mayo fans, unfortunately. Are they going to start believing this curse is real? Because beaten again in the All-Ireland final today, the full-time scorer there in Crow Park. Uh, Tyrone, uh, 214, uh, Mayo 15 points. Tyrone, 214, Mayo 15 points. The final scorer of the All-Ireland football final. So Sam Maguire on its way to Tyrone that is us out of time Rory's here with the bench tomorrow night from 6 I'll chat to you in the morning on the 10 to 2 show here on Red FM from 10am have a lovely Saturday evening and stand by for Stevie G The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM